My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful! We have the right to peacefully assemble! The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I get to start it with a laugh. It's kind of funny. All right, we need to, we're, we're going to get this going. We do have a special guest today. It is Cash Patel. Uh, Cash Patel was the Chief of Staff of the Department of Defense. He was also selected to serve as principal deputy to the acting director of the National Intelligence, where he oversaw all 17 intelligence community agencies and prioritized intelligence collection to focus on the hard targets and global threats. Um, and he has done a lot more, including, which I thought was interesting, um, authoring children's books. He, um, yeah, th th this guy is a national hero. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Cash Patel, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks so much. It's very kind of you. Appreciate uh, you having me on Conservative Daily. Absolutely. So I think you don't need any introduction, but I'll, I'll let you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm getting it in the comments. We know who he is, but please, please tell us a little bit about yourself. No, I don't want to bore your audience, but I'll do a quick run over. You know, 16 years in government, federal national security prosecutor, public defender, um, you know, time at, as a civilian at JSOC, and then I was fortunate in the Trump administration. Uh, to be the deputy assistant to the president and head up his counterterrorism programs and then deputy director of national intelligence and really fortunate to finish off as chief of staff of DOD, which is probably the best job I'll ever have, leading our entire defense department and our no-fail mission. But uh, a lot of people know me as the Russiagate guy. Yes, I was Devin Nunes' chief investigator on Russiagate. So uh, that's, that's there you have it. Um, so Russiagate. I mean, it, it's not even—it's not even a real thing, is it? I mean, is it a? No, I mean, no, it's fake news. <laughs> but how come? How come stuff like that doesn't get to the to the American people? And we know about the media apparatus, and we, I mean, is that something you yeah. concentrated on as well? Is looking into the media, looking into technology companies, and hiding or suppressing truthful information to the people? Yeah, you know, actually, it was a valuable lesson I learned from you know Devin Nunes when he was chairman of the Intel Committee and brought me out, and he said, "Look, we need someone with your prosecutorial and defense." intelligence skills to do this investigation. I said, sure, no problem. I said, I don't know Trump, haven't met him, never talked to him, but whatever we find, we're in government service, whatever we find, we put it out there for the world to see. And we thought that would be the easy part, but what we found was a level of corruption that was so bad and that the, tr that the world had, had Trump derangement syndrome that they combined forces to blockade the publicization of what actually happened in Russia again. It's taken us four or five years to do it. And the media relentlessly put out disinformation campaigns because they did not want any positive news to be reported on Donald Trump. And that's what we faced. And that was our biggest lesson. If we thought the investigation itself was hard, 
man, getting the story out to the American public's been even harder. That's why, you know, I'm now writing children's books on Russiagate, you know, so things like that, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, you got to do it. All right. So you were in the apparatus for 16 years. I mean, can you can you give us a look into how this would not be or was this considered a national security risk to have media companies that stand up and are pushing towards a uh, ideal uh, an ideology that was contrary or contradictive to the, the, the kind of the American ideology? You're absolutely right. Look, Facebook and Zuckerberg is just the latest example when he came in and admitted that the FBI said basically, hey, you, the largest tech titan in the world, help us um, put on a disinformation campaign when it specifically comes to Hunter Biden's laptop. And we need to see those FBI reportings, but we'll talk about that another day when Congress is in power and we can get that documentation. But look what they did. They not only went to the fake news media during Russiagate, to create a fake false narrative and present it with lies to a federal court for a surveillance warrant unlawfully, Facebook and Twitter and other companies have been censoring free speech and things like the Hunter Biden laptop story, things like Russiagate and that they happen and that people in the DOJ and FBI broke the law and things like uh, Chris Ray and Merrick Garland continue to cover up the criminality there. And these aren't fictions. These are truths. And what do they, what do they rely on? Facebook and Twitter to say, oh, are you talking about January 6th? Are you talking about Russiagate? You're banned. You're banned. You're banned. That's not free speech. That's a private kleptocracy uh, for disinformation. And it has to be stopped. And you're right. It is totally, in my opinion, completely illegal. And which is why we need to strip them of Section 230 status, because they are not social media platforms. They are engineering platforms of disinformation. But they're getting that information from inside the government apparatus. So do we have a government, do we have a infiltration problem within the government? I mean, is this, is this foreign interests that have infiltrated the government? Have they been there for a long time? I mean, I have lots of questions related to whether or not this was a sleeper cell because it felt like it just, we woke up in, in 2020 and somebody flipped a switch and all of a sudden things started to just fall apart and fall into place. No, I think it, it's it, it's a little bit of that, maybe, but I, I'll probably disagree with you a little bit. It's more of the Trump got Trump ran, Trump got elected, Trump's running again. People lost their minds, and then the deep state, as I call them, who received top cover from these government gangsters like the likes of Rod Rosenstein and Ray and Barr and Comey and McCabe, and the list goes on. Lisa Page and Company and Fiona Hill. These people ceded into government their minions to say, we are going to take this government away from Donald Trump because for some reason they had the ego to say, we can subvert the Constitution and do so. And what was their best outlet? These tech giants. And they were happy to oblige because what had they have in common? They hated Donald Trump and they couldn't believe that that man was a president of the United States. And so they were able to put the Charmellas of the world in there and the Vindmans and all these people because they had top cover from the cabinet level and undersecretaries to conduct this operation. And that's why I think they have no problems leaking classified information otherwise, even though it's false, um, to advance the narrative because they knew they were never going to get caught. And to me, as a former federal prosecutor, it was one of the gravest tragedies and injustices we've seen in modern American history. All right. But Cash, let's look at the slow erosion that turned into a massive erosion. We're talking about over a two-year period of time, a lawless environment that is using and weaponizing everyday businesses, tech companies, media companies, weaponizing them to subvert the Constitution. I mean, it, they, they don't need to, the government doesn't need to come down on them. The government just barks orders at, at Facebook or, or YouTube or any of these others and says, hey, deplatform, don't give them a voice. 
and they just do it. And yet we, we, we seemingly don't have any sort of recourse against that type of behavior, even though they're acting on the government or this apparatus's behalf. You're right. We don't have any recourse with this government. And this is what Americans, I think, have learned the hard way, even the middle road Americans who aren't necessarily political and just believe what they're used to seeing in the media. Their biggest lesson is, wait a second, we've been bamboozled not once, not twice, not three times. Russiagate, Ukraine impeachment one, impeachment two, Jan six, Mar-a-Lago, whatever you want to insert into their next uh, disinformation campaign. And they would have they've admitted, you know, with Hunter Biden's laptop, they would have voted differently, which is the definition of election rigging. And now the part two is, well, how do we fix it? And now they know that the gavels at Congress matter, that majorities in Congress matter. So when the Republicans have it back, we better set off a massive large scale oversight investigation and even a church like commission to reform the DOJ, the FBI, the DOD and the IC because of the corruption. And you have to expose it with their documentation. These government gangsters are so arrogant that they think they were saving America when all they were doing was breaking the Constitution and letting it, setting it on fire. And the only way the American public has truly able to learn, in my opinion, from Russiagate and on is showing them the documents, which is why we create these vaults of documents, not vaults, but these sites of documents at either fightwithcash.com or whatever. All of that stuff's free. Get people there to read the Durham reporting, get them there to read the Jan 6 reporting, Mar-a-Lago stuff, the Russiagate stuff, and anything that whistleblowers are bringing forward, just like this rest, this past week with Grassley and Jordan, uh, bringing another hammer down on the FBI. Okay, so we, we have these hammers being brought down. We're working the problem. I mean, and by the way, go to fightwithcash.com or plotagainsttheking.com, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But I want to... We, we keep dropping these hammers on the FBI. We drop these hammers. Durham, perfect mm -hmm. example. Dropped yeah. the hammer, did what Mueller couldn't do, got to the bottom of where the fraud originated. Why, why, didn't, why couldn't Mueller find that? Well, Mueller didn't want to find that. And remember, who Mueller brought in, right? Mueller was one of the ones that, as FBI director, had one of the most uh, egregious track records at the FISA court for errors that were ever made before that court in a six-year period. That's documented not by me, by the inspector general's report against Mueller. And then who does Mueller hire? Weissman, the most political Weissman. prosecutor yeah. in, in U.S. history. And let's just set that up for your audience, uh, you know, who may not have familiarity with him. This guy is a federal prosecutor, was the most overturned federal prosecutor in modern U.S. history. Just think about that. This guy, when he took on Enron and the accounting firms, I forget the name of them back in the day, they... They got convictions in the lower courts. They went all the way to the Supreme Court. Do you know they reversed him? Not 5-4, not 6-3, not 7-2, not 8-1. 9-0. Nine <laughs> and they said Andrew Weissman specifically unethically conducted these prosecutions and hid evidence of innocence. That's the guy Mueller brought in to do a righteous investigation. They were never looking for it. They were trying to stick Donald Trump with a crime that never existed just like Letitia James did, just like everybody else did. It's get Trump, get Trump at all costs. They failed. And then when they fail, they go cry to Hollywood and the mainstream media to say, please rescue us and make us look like heroes. We tried. Well, you know, what's the recourse? And there's so much to talk to you about because you're so much in the know what happens with President Trump. And I said I wasn't going to bring this up, but the Mar-a-Lago uh, raid on uh, by the FBI and the fact that they took all these documents and said they weren't classified. I've, I think I've listened to most of your uh, interviews mm -hmm. where you're like, I was there. I was, I was, I was in the room. Those, those documents were declassified. 
Well, I think you know, I, I don't want to get into it because now we're in the middle of this whole deal here. But, yeah. you know, I think what I said publicly is that President Trump was the most transparent president and he declassified sets of documents to include Russiagate. You know, I learned about Mar-a-Lago and the the documents down there when the world learned out of them, when, when the world learned of them. And so, you know, we'll leave it there on that on that front. But I think that's another example of things that it's get Trump, get Trump, get Trump. And it's actors like Andrew Weissman, who who launched Russiagate, are now back leading DOJ and looking to, again, go after Donald Trump. And what ticks me off the most is this is yet another example of a two-tier system of justice. Look at what happened to Hillary Clinton, right? You have an FBI director who actually admitted she shoveled classified information to and fro over 100 times. And he created some new standard of, of law, which means it, it, she was just able to walk because they wanted her to be the anointed president. You know, so and you're seeing it in January 6th and you're seeing it in Russiagate and John Durham when guys like Sussman get acquitted because D.C. juries don't care about the truth and the facts. And that's a two tier system of justice that can't stand we, for whistleblowers or in court itself. We need to level the playing field. And the only way we can do it is by talking to as many people as we can. Okay, so we talk to as many people as we can. We work the problem. We try to elect people into office that are American first or just send, maybe they're not even America first. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're Democrats that believe in this yeah. one word. Ready? Accountability. How That's can it. we get through this to accountability when it, it seemingly, it feels like we're dealing in a place where the judiciary is compromised, the legislative branch is compromised, the executive branch is compromised, and now the upper court of the judiciary is on its way to being compromised with the idea that they can pack the court. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I mean, that's just like, that. that's a total actual fantasy. And the fact that they're even talking about it, I think, is a win for us. And that's what we should harp on. You want to pack the Supreme Court? I always say, look at the shooter on the other foot. What if Republicans were like, hey, we want 14 justices? You think the Democrats would be like, yeah, that's cool? Um, no, absolutely not. And it's the same thing. We're like, hey, what if I go out and hired a foreign asset and made up crap about Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and said, you know what, let's go surveil you. And then we won't, we'll lie about it to everybody. And then we'll just make sure we ruin your lives. Do you think they would have been okay with that? Of course not. So, you know, I know I came out of as a senior staffer at Congress for Russiagate. And I know how important that oversight investigation is. But that's what has to happen in November. We have to stand up a church-like commission to go in and reform the entire FBI and DOJ and intelligence community. Because that's how rotten it's gotten. And I know that's not the short answer that Americans want, but that's what it takes. I'm also with the founding fathers on this. There's no overnight fix to this stuff. There shouldn't be. There has to be a stepped process in place so that even though the rogue actors are breaking the law on an almost daily basis, we have to reform it um, smartly and over time so that it doesn't happen again. And that's why we and our work are going to take time. But it starts with Congress this fall. Okay, so I want to talk about that. It's the white elephant in the room, and I think you probably know what I'm going to talk about, and it has to do with election fraud. I'm, I'm no, you know, I, I sat on, a, on a, a call that you happen to be on related to findings around election fraud, and there was an attorney out of Pennsylvania that looked into election fraud, called Bill Barr's office, said, hey, look, I have serious concerns about the election fraud in the election in 2020, and he was told to stand down. 
we're going into the 2022 season. We've seen irregularities across the nation related to these machines. We've proven these mountains of evidence related to election fraud at every level, tied back to the ERIC system, to CISA, to vulnerabilities they knew about, to Holderman report that's nearly three years old. Uh, you know, can we rely on these election systems? And I know everyone says just go to the, the polls and vote on election day. Uh, we have to turn out in order to make sure that we have a red wave. But being a system architect, I recognize that they can do anything within the system based upon their ability to delete log files and create substandard or uh, secondary uh, SQL uh, databases. Can we win? Can we can we win in November based upon all the information that we we now have uncovered about the election machines? Yeah, and I'm not. You're the election expert for sure. <laughs> now, by leaps and bounds ahead of me. I, that, that that was never my wheelhouse. What I tell people about elections is that this is what you've learned, the American public, that state level offices matter. State AGs, state secretaries of state, states, um, uh, and 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 governors, right? Because as it should be, the Constitution dictates each state controls its own electoral process. The, the federal government never should. And I will always fight against that because th that is talking about a universal, universal voting process, which is not what our country is founded on. And I think America learned that you now have to get out more than every two or four years if you want to actually have representation and the types of fixes that you're talking about. And I do think we have charged up enough Americans with the truth where we are going to see so much voter turnout even in the middle of the aisle that says, I'm tired of these people lying to us and our country getting ruined and our children getting killed and the drug crisis and the border and Russia and Iran and China and so much and eight bucks a gallon for gas, um, we have to have change. And so what I say when people ask about elections is, you know, do what you can. I wrote a children's book, Fought Against the King, 2000 Mules. My partners for Disney D'Souza. I'm not an election expert, but that's my way of half joking, half seriously being like, hey, we have to get this out there. We have to get the basic fundamental facts of election integrity like you're talking about out there. It's a real issue. It's not 50 years ago where the elections were just, yeah, no problem, everyone's automatic. And I think that lesson, if we can teach it to people, is uh, is critical. And that's why I am now, a, now, now I have a series of children's books. <laughs> uh, so, so what made you switch gears and write children's books? You know, I, I don't even know. So I have this great publicist and she was like, look, you're the Russiagate guy. Um, not enough people know it. It's like we were talking about at the top of the show. Why doesn't everybody know the information that you learned right. from Russiagate? Why not? Because it's really hard to get out there. So she's like, let's teach Russiagate to kids. I was like, the left's going to lose it. She's like, good. And she was right. So we wrote The Plot Against the King, the first book, which is The Plot Against the King. And you can go to plotagainsttheking.com. It's Russiagate for kids. But what I learned was so many adults on True Social commented on, hey, we now know what happened in Russiagate because we made it fun. We put Hillary Quinton and Keeper Comey in a cast of characters in there <laughs> with, with Duke Devin, you know. But that, and we didn't say be Republican or Democrats in the plot against the king. We said teach your kids about being truthful servants to the mission, and that the truth is worth it, worth fighting for. And when your when your leadership fails in that mission, it's up to you, the new class, to change it. And so that received such a warm reception, and President Trump helped me launch that book that everybody was like, you got to keep going. So I partnered with Dinesh D'Souza, who had that great documentary, 2000 Mules, and we literally did the third rail. What's the left going to hate more than Russiagate? Plot Against the King, 2000 Mules, the second book which President Trump also launched on Truth Social, and you can get it at plotagainsttheking.com, is about election integrity. We don't dive into the ballot systems and the tech stuff and all that. All we say was, in the same kingdom, 
if you have Debbie and Dinesh, the candlestick makers, going out and counting up votes, and there's 100,000 people in the kingdom but 200,000 votes, hey, kids, don't you think that there's a divide there that needs to be addressed? And that's what we're talking about. And adults are going to love The Plot Against the King, 2,000 Mules, just for the same reason they love the first one. So, look, we hit a number one bestseller on the first one. I hope your audience helps us at plotagainstthekeng.com. And a cool caveat to this one, we got country music legend John Rich to actually create a song for Plot Against the King, and we made a cartoon music video, which is on the website for free for everybody to see. It's on make there. Sure, make, sure, make sure you pull that. We're going we're gonna to play it on the show here today. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar- massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, But you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, As always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online available to everyone across the entire country. Uh, So this is, by the way, you ever read the book, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates? Have you heard of that book Uh, by Matthew Chuella? I have not read it. I've heard of it. I've not read it. So, so this book uh, was ma- written by Matthew Truella in 2013, and mm-hmm. I mentioned it on the show, and I told everybody, you got to read this book because it talks about standing in a place of interposition. I believe that you've stood in a place of interposition, that's standing between the tyrants and, tho- the, and those they would want to do harm to. Um, but we sold more books on this show for the Doctrine of Lesser Magistrates than they sold in the previous eight years. So I think that, wow. I think there's probably a pretty good chance that you'll sell a bunch of books off Thank of, you. I off of this. Thank you. I appreciate you letting me talk about Thank you. Um, t- tell us if you can, there's, I, you know, I have questions. You have a, a document vault on your website at fightwithcash.com. What, what is the, yeah. what, what is it? Yeah. The, the essence of that started with, you know, you know, it didn't start with Russiagate physically cause we didn't create it till I left government, but it was, you know, it's, it's the heart of what we're talking about. How do you educate people? How do you break through? And I learned that you can't give, go out and give sermons. You can't go on the fake news. You got to get Americans engaged and show them the material themselves. And that's why we created document vault over there for free. Go to fightwithcash.com or durhamwatch.com. Um, and just, and we have every government, a document we lawfully obtained from the FBI, DOJ, DOD, whether it's on Jan six, whether it's on Russiagate, whether it's on Durham watch, whether it's on whatever whistleblower program, if you see the government's own documentation because of their arrogance, they always write it down because they think they're never going to get caught. Then the American people can say, hey, I didn't hear it from cash or I didn't see it on CNN. You wrote it. 
You, the bad guys, in government wrote it. And that's what we're going to keep doing with this fightwithcats.com project, which is a full-on charity mission. All right. So you you heard about this, that uh, you have a you also have a, a Cash Patel legal offense trust. And it helps, yeah. designed to help those that are smeared by the fake news, media, and big techs, helps them get a voice. Tell us a little bit about that. How, how is that yeah. effectively used to, to help people in the community across the country? You know, long story short, I was so, me and Devin got mercilessly defamed, so we started suing the fake news media, and we've got multiple, I've got multiple lawsuits out, and so does he separately. And everybody else in America was like, I got defamed, I got the platform, but I don't have the money for these expensive lawyers or the know-how, so we created Fight With Cash. That was where Fight With Cash started. Um, and, you know, we started an offense trust, and we've been fortunate just recently to receive our 501c3 status. So now we are actually a full-blown charity. And what we're doing is raising money. If you've been defamed, we are going to pay for your lawyers if you have a righteous cause of action. But more than that, we expanded the mission just last month or two to we're doing tuition assistance programs for kids. We're doing veterans assistance programs for those in needs and active duty service members who need legal representation because their rights are being violated. We got your back. That's the whole purpose of fightwithcash.com. And the thing is, nobody on board has a salary. Everybody's in it for the mission. And yeah, we have fun with it when I wear Orange Man Bad t-shirts and we sell all this merch there. But all of that material and money goes right back to the foundation. So thanks for letting me talk about fightwithcash.com. And before we go on, we have a new sponsor of the show. That is American Hartford Gold. If you're like us here at Conservative Daily, you are growing more and more and you are concerned about the future. And how could you not be? Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, not only predict a recession, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the BBB and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 855-965-5545. That's 855-965-5545 or text the word FREEDOM to 998899. Again, that's 855-965-5545, or text FREEDOM to 998899. Well, there's a lot more I want to talk to you about, because as you start talking about this and fighting for average everyday Americans that can't afford um, legal support, Biden declared the pandemic over on 60 Minutes, and, <laughs> and I know you saw that too. And another 850 teachers were let go for being unvaccinated in New York. Despite that, the, the Air Force still has pilots grounded. Uh, it should have been over a long time ago, especially now that the residents in the White House declared it. So why is it that they're still pushing forward with this charade against you know, a, a virus that, frankly, that can be mostly cured with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and some of these prophylactics? Yeah. Well, no one's listening to what Joe Biden's saying, not even Joe Biden and his staff. They already, you <laughs> know, What did I say? Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and so I think when it comes to the China virus and when it comes to, you know, here's, here's what I've been out saying when we're out there. Every active duty service member and every teacher that has been uh, forced to choose between the vaccine and serving our communities and our countries needs to be rehired immediately with back pay 
And Congress can help make that happen when we win back the gavels and end this, this um, it's almost a criminal enterprise to take on our education system. And why do you think our forces are so depleted, our readiness posture is so low, and our recruitment is so terrible in the armed forces? Because they're being forced to choose between faith and health and service, and that should never be on online. So we have to combat that, and that's one of the things we're working on. Okay, so I don't know how much longer I have you for, but I've got like three or four of the questions that I've jotted down related to Tina Peters and Mike Lindell. You comfortable handling those, or do you, are you uh, on a? Uh, I'm not really familiar with that, but uh, I can stay on for another minute or two. That, that that stuff's not in my wheelhouse. I just as a federal prosecutor, I just want to ask you a couple questions about this, right? Yeah. So uh, obviously, the county clerk and recorder um, is being attacked heavily and is indicted on numerous felony charges uh, on how she obtained images of the Dominion system in her county. Um, you know, and, and you're probably not familiar with this case, but now they yeah, dragged no. Mike Lindell in. They they went after him yeah. with the FBI. It seems to be more of just the same abuse of power, lawfare um, that we've seen happen by this radical leftist ideology. I, and I, I don't even know if we call it radical leftist, just anti-American ideology. You're, you're not familiar with the Tina Peters case, but as a federal prosecutor, you know, would a person in the legislative branch, and, and maybe you can't answer this, but would the person in the legislative branch, don't they have a duty to protect it if they, if they know there's a problem and run a, a covert operations if they knew that they were going to get attacked anyway for stepping out? Yeah, I mean, I think without knowing more, and that's kind of outside my, my, my wheelhouse just off the, off the fly, and, and uh, you know, I'll look into it for sure. But, I, you know, if I gave an answer, it would just, you know, it would be me guessing, and I don't want to do that to you. <sighs> okay. Um, you watched the Trump's speech in Ohio? Uh, yeah, I mean, I always catch it piecemeal or in whole. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a lot to keep up with. But yeah, I got it. So, so he made some pretty bold statements. It was mm -hmm. probably the most bold that I've seen him be in a speech, talking about the death mm -hmm. penalty to those that traffic and uh, extort, or excuse me, uh, exploit women and children, um, yeah. that bring drugs into the country. Um, and then at the very end, he, you know, he, he, he basically set a path forward that is we either take back our country or we lose it forever. Where do you think we are? You think we're at that place now? Do you think we can still? I, I believe we can still save the nation. I believe that President yeah. Trump believes that as well. But, you know, what did you think about how bold he was and the fact the media didn't even talk about it? Um, I'm with you. This country can be saved. We need Donald Trump to do it. I firmly believe that. And I think that's why it gives him drive. You know, I talk to him frequently and, you know, you know, I'm like, you know, what do you need this for? You're already president. You're wildly successful. You have an amazing family, you know, go enjoy your, go enjoy your life. And he's like, no cash. I, I don't like what's happening to this country. This country needs to be fixed. And I think he believes, and I agree with him that he is the, uh, one of the mechanisms or if not the main one to fix it. <laughs> But it's not going to happen overnight. And of course, the media not covering it is just another example that he was actually telling truthful things um, that they silently agree with, but will never report. Um, you know, for instance, criminalizing activity further for narco traffickers and people who exploit our children sexually. Um, those are just heinous crimes, if not the worst ones that, that do need to be um, the punishment needs to be upped. And so that's why I think Trump is out there talking about these things, because he sees that unless we are bold in our actions and our policies, then America can't be saved. But I'm with you. If we follow that leadership, we can get there. 
All right. I, I tell you, by, at the end of the show, which we're not at yet, we're going to go ahead and let you go, but we will be praying for you, praying for your organization, praying for the things that you're doing to help Americans across the country. Um, people can find you. Where can people find you other than those websites? Is there other, uh, other than fightwithcash.com and plotagainstheking.com, is there other places that they can, they can research and follow you? Yeah, it's really simple. I exist in one place on social media, Truth Social at cash at k-a-s-h that is it i'm constantly out there slinging the truth and i'd love for you guys to join me there we're having a blast thank you so much for having me on your show letting me talk about fight with cash and plotagainsttheking.com i hope everybody goes out and picks up a few copies and i hope you guys have a blessed day cash patel god bless you well th there's many more questions i wanted to ask uh one, one of the one of the Biggest questions that I wonder is how we, you know, what the plan is. How, how do we get to this place? We talk about standing in the gap. We talk about getting out there, waking up Americans, making sure that they are uh, connected and unifying against this radical leftist or radical anti-American uh, group of people that now has been, it's a Democrat party. But I think that answer is told by saying the same words, just maybe in a different way. And that is, we have to get in the gap. We have to be standing for and being an ambassador of truth. And I think that's one thing that I appreciate about Cash is that he won't actually get into. I did want to ask more questions about Tina Peters. He won't get into something that he's not uh, read up on. With that said, I know that uh, you guys probably know this, but Mike Lindell has, is suing the FBI, suing the DOJ uh, for violations of the Constitution. And, you know, he has some true damages. So you can go to MyPillow.com, save up to 66% by using code CD21. Also, they got some special blends in coffee. So you can go over to MyStore.com and use CD21 to save some money on the My Coffee as well. So, Mr. Producer, do we, do we have that, do we have that uh, song? <laughs> Is that a yes? No. Okay, we're getting it now. I want to quickly go over this, and then I'm going to dive into what's what's happening with uh, more of the election fraud and some of the events that are happening. And I want to address what the, these conversations that are happening around the January 6th um, rally that's going to be at the Capitol on the 24th. But there's a man in North Dakota, and we talked about this guy before. In North Dakota, he was charged with killing a teenager using his vehicle and was charged with vehicular homicide and leaving the scene of an accident. The, the kid that he killed, which is uh, Kaylor Ellingson, is 18 years old. This guy's 41 years old. Now, now, here's the issue that I have. When he went to court, and he's being arraigned, and he has a 50000 he literally tells the judge, I don't want this to adversely affect my family or my house. You know, I don't want to lose any of this stuff. This psychopath murdered an 18-year-old kid because he supported President Trump. And he gets out on a $50,000 bond. Kyle Rittenhouse shoots a couple of crazed, maniac, murderous sociopaths with a gun. Actually, he didn't kill that guy, but killed a guy that attacked him, and he gets a $2 million bond. When we talk about the two-tier two justice system, it should scare you. 
It should scare you that some of the most evil people out there are running through and in charge of the judiciary and are working inside the prison systems and are abusing people as they're abusing the January 6th prisoners. Keep in mind, one of the January 6th prisoners, political prisoners, was raped in prison. That happened. And was finally released on home detention after being raped in prison. And the media said nothing about it. Nothing. Didn't say one word. We're going to go ahead and play this, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to dive into a little bit of what's happening on January 6th, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on some of the people that are standing up saying, don't go to the event. Don't go to the event of the Capitol, uh, one to four. We don't know who actually put it together. I'm going to answer that, but let's watch this video on Cash Patel's website. upon a time in the land of freedom the heralds got together and they took away the tweet <laughs> by order of the evil old queen the plot against the king picture looks like Hillary secret keeper Comey in the shifty old night two slugs and a long sticky silver streak of slime they tried to make the kingdom all believe the plot against the king the plot against the king Scary fairy tale from the liars and the thieves. The plot against the king, the plot against the king. All the patriots sing it's the plot against the king. All right, it's pretty awesome. It was actually uh, sung by John Rich. Pretty good song. Get over to Cash's site if you can. <sighs> so now I want to talk to you a little bit about this January 6th event. Mr. Producer, I mean, Apollo, if you could put that up, put up the, the flyer for this. They wrote all of these uh, articles about this, like this is what's going to happen at the, the Capitol. This is Saturday, September 24th, 1 to 4 in Washington, D.C., a Solidarity Truth Rally. And people, th this is the, the interesting part about it. The people that are speaking out against it, I'm not even going to justify them by mentioning them by name. I did have a conversation with Patrick Byrne. I did. And I said, Patrick... You have my word. Nobody's going to go out there looking to create any sort of other event. But what's interesting about it is that they never asked the question. Many of them didn't. Patrick did. But many of them didn't. They didn't ask the question. They just weren't asked to speak at the Capitol. 
This event was put on by Ned Lang. Jake Lang, his son, is sitting, rotting in solitary confinement, 22 out of 24 hours a day. And he is the one that put this on. He has a security team that's going to be there, a large security team that is going to be there. And we have over 20 people that are going to be speaking. So Jim Hoft is going to be there. Uh, Mike Lindell is going to have a video at the event. I will be there. Um, uh, you'll have uh, Dave Clements. Who else is who else is on the on the deal? Some people I don't know. Obviously, Coy Griffin will be there. Um, Dave Summerall will be there. Richard Citizen, journalist, super good guy. Uh, Johnny Tobacco. Uh, Kara Castronova, I think she's Gateway. So Dinesh D'Souza will not be there. Dinesh D'Souza will not be there. Um, you will also have Philip Anderson will be there. Um, a lot of the January 6th family members, Tommy Tatum and others. <sighs> this event is not about, and this is what I would say to the people that will, don't want to go to January 6th rally and support them. And what they say is, we're right before the election, Joe, we don't need another false flag. Okay. We're showing up in solidarity for how they're treating these political prisoners. We are going into an election season. Many, if not all, of the people that are standing up saying, don't go, don't go, another false flag event. Y you know what that reminds me of? At least Patrick called me, because I, I don't believe that Patrick doesn't want me to go. He just wants us to be aware. He wants us to be aware of what's happening. Like, hey, this, this is... You know, have you thought this through? Are the people that you're, you're associating with, are they people that would not move to violence? And I said very clearly, none of the people that are going would move to violence. But many of the people that are standing up saying don't go are the same people that have never even uttered the name of some of the people in January 6th, never given a dollar, never taken the time to give them a voice, and in many times have stood up for very selfish causes, selfishly for themselves, selfishly, trying to back away. And I know that people have called, they've called me up and said, don't, Joe, don't go. Don't support it. How in the world can I not support 800 people that are rotting in, in prisons that are not, that are, are beyond that of third world countries? who are there for going and having a redress of grievances. What kind of person would I be if I didn't show up and show my support for those people that are literally for trespassing, spending two years of their lives locked in a dark cell with rats running around that's not fit for, for animals, that's being patrolled by foreigners, not Americans, by foreigners. What kind of person would I be? What kind of person would you be if you had the capability of going there to support them and you didn't show up? This is the problem that I have with us talking about unity, talking about taking the House, taking the Senate back. We don't have any courage. We don't have any self-control. We're afraid that, that Antifa is going to show up and do what exactly? Do what? Rush the Capitol? Okay. The second that somebody does that, we just pin them to the ground and hand them to the Capitol Police. What happened to common decency in supporting other Americans? What happened to the idea or the ethos that what they do to one of us, they do to all of us? What happened to that? Do we have selective courage? And tell me where you come off telling me that this is a false flag event. 
Why would you keep people away from supporting the January 6th political prisoners? They're going to, what, rush the Capitol again? Is that what we think is going to happen? They're going to rush the Capitol again and put up razor wire and have some more kabuki theater all the way around Washington that, oh, it's just a bunch of right-wing extremists? We've already proved that what they are is liars. And the only people that believe that the radical left, these anti-American people out there are being truthful, they are weak-minded idiots. They're the only ones. They're the groomers, that's who believes that they are doing the right thing. The people that would hurt your children, the people that want to feed them to these sexual deviants, those are the people that believe this radical left ideology. So why would I stay away from supporting January 6th prisoners? Please tell me. I'll, I'll wait here. The problem that I have with our movement is that we lack any sort of consistency or focus on mission. And shame on you. Somebody said it to me last night. Like, Joe, why are you going? Because I'm going. Because I'm going to, to support those people who stood up and have been abused by the FBI. Much of what we talked about this morning with Roger Stone had to do with what they say and do to us as Americans. That they can lie with impunity. Cash is out there supporting people that have been slandered, deplatformed. I wanted to say to him, well, I should take the money that we've been given by some of our listeners and put it into that, but I'm serious about suing all of them, every one of them. Call me a right-wing extremist, prove it. Show me what I've done that is right-wing extremism. But see, they can make up anything that they want, and we're just supposed to stay away. We're supposed to cower in fear. We're supposed to act independently, and these people are supposed to be our leaders? Come on. So often, and I say this often, so often we want a seat at the table that Jesus would flip over if it was in the temple. What is wrong with us? How can we, how can we watch people do harm to others and do nothing about it? How can we live with ourselves when people are rotting in prisons? How can we sit there on our couches and watch and eat popcorn and watch movies knowing that there are people that are unjustly being treated better in third world countries than they are here in America? How is it that we can let women and children be, be trafficked and elections be stolen and it's just okay with us? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But, but, but that's why I'm going. I don't believe it's a false flag. I don't believe that it's an event that'll lead to some sort of takeover of Congress. I mean, we had 2 million people in Washington. If we were going to do that, we would have done it then. But that's not a part of the narrative that they've, they've tried to sell any of you, I don't think. 2 million people showed up for the eclipse, right? 2 million? Was it like 2 million? A million and a half, 2 million? Yeah, somewhere around there. It's high enough. If we, if we wanted to take Congress, if we wanted to take every government building, we could. And there's nothing that the Capitol Police or the National Guard could, do, could have done about it. But we didn't want to. We just had a bunch of FBI agents that were walking around breaking windows. We had a bunch of murderous people 
who were murdering Americans who were standing up for their right to have a voice. And by proxy, these radical leftists inside of our government have used private industry and businesses such as election machines like Dominion Voting Systems, ESNS, Smartmatic, they're all responsible, all of them. They're all responsible for what's happening. They're all responsible for this leftist just takeover of our nation. And they, they planned it out this way. I need to do a quick read for one of our sponsors. Um, this podcast brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling like somebody's always watching on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you. We've talked a lot about IP Vanish. They've been a, a partner of the show for quite some time now. But IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties, such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you stream media. Um, you can use IPVanish on a limited device at the same time without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones. Um, it's, and, and for our listeners, they're, they're offering an incredible 70% off your yearly plan to our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you do is tap one button. You're instantly protected. I will tell you that there are some apps that you have to turn off if you're using like ring apps or things like that you have to turn it off in order to actually access it because it has to have a localized ip address but um that's just something you just learn when you get it but you, you get to keep them from getting access to most of your information uh, those apps just need it to make it necessary to validate who you are uh, so go to ipvanish.com daily use promo code daily you do have to use the slash daily so ipvanish.com daily use promo code daily and claim your 70 percent savings See, I believe we can take back our country, but not if we sit on the sidelines and we just let them do and do and do and do and do. Because all we're doing at that point is that we are becoming, we are becoming the Daniel Perlmans of the world. Apollo, do you know who Daniel per Perlman is? Talk about the actor? Mm -mm. No. He was the... Um, journalist that was beheaded on TV. I want to make sure that I got that right. Is it Daniel Pearl or Perlman? I think it was Perlman. Daniel Pearl. Daniel Pearl, sorry. Take the man off. He was beheaded. He walked out onto the sand, knelt, condemned America, and then had his head cut off. That's that's where we are as a nation. We are the Daniel Perlmans of the world. Pearls, pearls of the world. We are literally kneeling on the sand. And all we have to do is run together towards the beach and actually do the right thing. The government can't just walk in and, and act with impunity. They don't have the ability to do that if we stand up together. But watching the people on January 6th, watching those people that are political prisoners that are being abused with this two-tier justice system that are getting four or five, six-year sentences for doing nothing wrong but speaking. That's all they did. They showed up at the Capitol and they spoke about a stolen election. And, and let me simplify it for you. We are not stupid people. We know what happened on November 3rd. You could see it with your own eyes. You could see it as the votes went from Dominion to Seidel, Seidel to Edison, Edison to CNN and New York Times and all the different places only to come back, be redone, Edison zero, reset. We traced it all the way through. We weren't deceived when we saw them put it through the scanner over and over and over again. We weren't deceived when we had the 
shredder truck that was fill, filled with ballots. We weren't deceived when we had ballots that were driven down from New York to Pennsylvania. We weren't deceived when they said that there was a water leak, a water main, a toilet, excuse me, a water main break in Georgia. We weren't deceived when ballots showed up at three o'clock in the morning. We weren't deceived when in the primary, the votes for one candidate switched when they actually went to count it, and that was a Democrat party. We weren't deceived when they had a SQL database that ran side by side that was not approved in the election. We weren't deceived by that. We weren't deceived when they actually got rid of the databases and got rid of the log files collectively, even or set them so low that you couldn't track any of the, of the information that happened on election day two, three days later. We weren't deceived. We weren't deceived when Polis got up on TV and said that they're not connected to the internet. They don't have the ability to be connected to the internet. We weren't deceived. I wasn't deceived when Eric Coomer said, although I, I, I wish, I, I wish I would have recorded all that. When Eric Coomer said, don't worry about it, Trump's not going to win, I made sure of it. I wasn't deceived. I didn't think it was possible. But as we learn more and more two years later, it's those people that stand up to tell us there's nothing to see here that are literally the fools. They are the deceivers. And everyone that has a half a brain looks at it and go, nobody elected someone sitting in the basement. They just didn't do it. We didn't set a record for a bumbling idiot that can't get six people to show up in circles at a press conference. We weren't deceived when we saw what happened on January 5th. And, and by the way, this has never come out. When I wrote the model and told them on January 5th, I said, this is what is going to happen tonight. You're going to lose both elections, and here's how it's going to happen. Please tell me how I would have known that. I documented it. Apollo, did I not document it? You were there. Oh, yeah, I was sitting next to you. What while, happened while, at 2 o'clock in the morning? That. Ring. Joe, get over here. How did you know? Did it not happen that way? Yeah, that's exactly how we were in the hotel room. I said, this is what happened. They said, how did you know? I go, I don't know. Maybe I was clairvoyant. They have done everything to attack me, yet not one person will come out here and debate me. Not one effing person will come out here and debate me. Why? I mean, I'm wrong, right? It, it should, you should be able to tell me, Joe, you're wrong. You're wrong. Let me, let me debunk you. But they can't debunk me. They can't talk to me about system architecture because I know it. They can't even go through the initial thing that I put up that said, this is how they stole the election. And that's before we knew anything. We didn't know. We knew nothing. We, we didn't have any of this information. Go back and listen to some of the podcasts. I did from a year and a half ago. But we showed up on January 6th. I didn't show up. I was at the State Department. And I, I'll say it again. I was at the State Department briefing them. Here, this is how they stole it. And this is what I got. Shock, awe. They knew. He knew. When we sat down with him, he knew. He's like, how did you come up with this? It wasn't until January 5th, that night, when we were going into January 6th, that they realized how significant the information that I said, because it happened exactly that way. How would I know? How in the world would I know? So those people that went to the Capitol on January 6th, 
the Ray Epps of the world that literally told people to go into the Capitol. And what do you think happened? Do you think that guy is literally, do you think he's clairvoyant? Was he ever charged when he whispered in the ear of the January Sixer, who, by the way, is in a jail cell right now? No, he wasn't charged. I find it interesting that we find ourselves in this place where we forget about all of the evidence. We've forgotten more about more evidence than they'll even talk about in the media. They don't even try. They don't even try. And when it comes to January 6th prisoners, they don't even try talking about the story of these January 6ers that are rotting in jail cells. Are we so selfish that we will say to ourselves, oh, another, I wasn't invited. I wasn't invited to the event. So I got to tell everybody not to go because they didn't invite me. You never mentioned them. You never, you talked about them in passing. You never gave them time or a voice. You never talked about the injustices that were being done against them. You never gave them a dollar. You're too busy running around trying to figure out how you can be the one to save the country. I'm going to be the only one that can save the country. I am the Paul Revere of our day. That's why you weren't invited. You weren't authentic. You, you, you weren't even present at the idea of what they did to January 6ers. But they're supposed to just invite you to the, to the Capitol to speak. I was honored. I thought I was just going to hang out. I didn't even think I was speaking. I went to the Truth Summit. I didn't speak. I'm okay not speaking. There are times that I don't even know if I'd listen to me. Other times I would listen to me, like right now. So if you're in that area, I want you to go to the Capitol. I want you to come there with peaceful intentions, with the ability to get on your knees and pray for those people that are, that are adversely affected by January 6th, the entire family, who's, except for the mother, everyone else is under indictment. Three sons, her husband, under indictment. Trespassing. How about the guy that was sprayed with, with bear spray by the Capitol Police, went in there to find a bathroom. He was charged. It ruined 800 families. And they have given them attorneys in Washington, D.C. What Roger Stone said this morning was you cannot find a jury where one person represents the interests of those people that showed up. They literally are jury tampering at a whole new level. And what have you done for them? Have you taken five minutes out of your time and prayed for them? You know, I personally would rather I would rather lose everything than turn my back and watch my, my fellow Americans burn. I'd rather lose my life than watch my fellow Americans burn. I would rather not see others suffer because we're saying, man, whew, I'm sure happy it's not me. That's what they did in Nazi Germany. See, first they come for me, and then they will come for you. I'm just not afraid. I don't have any fear. I have, zero, I have less than zero fear. And they know. Look, the federal government, they all know. They know this guy just doesn't know how to quit. we got to figure out a way to make this case go away 
because he doesn't know how to quit. Because I don't. And you shouldn't either. I want to play this. Uh, we have a couple clips to show you. I'm going to take a little bit of a breather here, take a deep breath. But let's play the Miranda Divine clip, if we can, please. Let's play it. ...about these cases. And um, he's alleging that this case management system is being... Um, basically, the books are being cooked in Washington, in the Washington field office, to uh, spread out, farm out these cases to field offices across the country even though the Washington field office is doing most of the work. And the reason they're doing that, uh, he says, is because they're trying to give the appearance that this, uh, this sort of issue of domestic terrorism, uh, basically from Trump supporters, is a national widespread spiking uh, existential crisis. And that accords with uh, the rhetoric that we're seeing coming out of the White House. And, and also from Christopher Ray's office, the FBI director. Um, and he also uh, alleges that, um, you know, some of these cases uh, that he had knowledge of were completely frivolous. Uh, people who had not even been to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. In one case, you know, a man gets a knock on the door from the FBI, which is frightening enough in itself. Um, he had been burying his son. He was at his son's funeral on January 6th, never went near the Capitol. Um, other people who went to the Capitol, never went inside, still getting caught up in this. Uh, it seems um, that the FBI is trying to redesignate grass areas outside the Capitol, uh, which were not um, restricted areas on January 6th, but they're trying to redesignate them post facto as restricted areas so people could be charged for having been there. Um, you know, I mean, the people we know who, who were there on January 6th said there were no barricades on that grass area. So um, that's just immoral, if, if not illegal. Um, and there were a, a lot of issues where he, uh, Steve Friend, had a conscientious objection. He felt that these um, things that he was being asked to do were morally wrong. He didn't think that a SWAT team should be used to raid a person who was only being looked into for misdemeanor offences. So. He refused to go on one of these raids on August 24. He told his bosses why, um, and they basically told him he needs to do soul-searching, uh, does he need counselling. Um, they didn't agree with his statements and concerns that they were violating the, the, you know, the constitutional rights of, of the, uh, the, the subjects, the January 6th subjects. Saying the quiet part out loud on, on War Room. And, and here's another cut of Barr lying. They're just basically calling him out, saying Barr's a liar. And Barr knows that he's a liar. Everyone knows he's a liar. And the media, by the way, we would, be, we would have won this already had you not had the weaponization of media and tech companies. We would have, this would have been over a year and a half ago. The truth would have come out. We would have had a discussion and a dialogue about the truth. So I actually believe that the American people have a lawsuit against the tech companies and against the government collectively. They colluded. It's a RICO violation. Th this is the definition of criminal enterprise. We would have solved this problem. We would have gotten to the bottom of it. We would have stopped what we were doing and gone in and said, okay, did you or did you not steal the election? Let's look at it objectively. Let's look at it. 
You don't try to cut the tongue out of the person that is lying. You cut the tongue out of the person that is telling the truth. That is absolutely what they have done. And they have slandered everyone along the way. And they, they've done so with impunity. Let's play this. Let's play good old Bill Barr, the crap bag. Play it. Jeff Clark. Jeff, explain uh, a pretty big story. Walk us through uh, this pretty shocking uh, set of details. Jeff Clark, honored to have you on here. Take it away, sir. Thanks, Steve. So I come to you with news about, uh, you know, someone who could be called Colonel Clink these days, Bill Barr, uh, former attorney general, uh, who said that the election issues were thoroughly investigated. But uh, FOIA information just came out at this point from two more districts. There, there were FOIA requests put in to 12 U.S. attorney districts uh, in multiple states, the, the key battlegrounds uh, where electoral votes were, were in play uh, for you know, whatever party uh, wanted to win, Biden or, or Trump, that election. And after Bill Barr had issued a November uh, 9th memo saying that there should be investigations of the election, uh, the FOIA document requests have come back with no documents, the null set, Steve. Uh, so no investigations were done as a result of that memo. There's only one of the 12 districts that has not yet come in. That's the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. But it's amazing, right, that uh, it's like a kabuki dance. A memo was issued, but nothing was actually done about it based on that uh, FOIA uh, responsive uh, you know, uh, uh, things that have come in. And the only district that has not yet responded is the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. And I'll okay. remind you there, Steve, that the U.S. attorney in uh, Philadelphia, the Eastern District. He wrote a letter to Trump last year, and he said that he had election fraud issues, serious ones, to investigate. He asked Barr for permission to investigate. Barr denied it. Barr would not let him hold a press conference, and Barr told him to send anything he had okay. to the Democrat AG. Okay. So yeah. that's why they're holding that one back. <laughs> Hang on a second, because this is a blockbuster. That guy's talking about is Bill McSwain, who I think eventually ran for the for the uh, for the senator governor. Didn't didn't want a particular thing, but he, he governor. He he was a guy that came forward and said at the time to Maine Justice, "Hey, the Philadelphia's in my purview. There's but there's there's all kind of issues here, particularly in the mail-in ballots. We got to get all over this." And he was told by Maine Justice, I think, to stand down. That's where the holding back. I want to go back, and I got to hold you through. And by the way, Russ Vote's going to join us here in a second. I I gotta because. Bill Barr looked the He knew and said, send it to the AG. <laughs> in Fulton County, in, in Fulton County, by the way, if you, if, you ever, if, you, if you don't know who Colonel Clink is, anybody know who Colonel Clink is? Hogan's Heroes. Paul, do you know who he is? No. All right. So, so I, want you to, I want you to play this. This is Colonel Clink. It's, it's, a, it's a minute long for those of you that don't know. I was poor, so all we had was a, you know, black and white TV when I was a kid. We watched Hogan's Heroes. It was on Sunday. Go ahead and play it. Okay, let's go. Wait a minute, wait a minute, where are you going? Turn it up. Hi, Schultz. Car doesn't need washing. What do you mean? Hey, Schultz, that's the motor coming What is going on here? That's coming on time. I'm, I'm washing your car. It was washed yesterday. A, a, a clean car is a happy car. <laughs> so, I found it out just a short time ago. This is how you are wasting your time. Hey, Commandant, 
some of the prisoners, they came... You are always blaming the other prisoners. Now get on with it. Hold her, come I'm going to wash your car and dry it at Wait once. for it. Very well. <laughs> when you are finished drying the car, you can dry me. <laughs> okay, so that's that's Colonel Clink for those of you guys that missed it. Uh, it uh, it was pretty funny back in the day. It was definitely wholesome, which is one of the things that I miss. Um, we have another cut that I think we should play, Apollo, and then we'll just we'll we'll finish it out with that, and then we'll pray for Cash and his team, and we'll pay play pay. Excuse me, we'll pray for um, the work that's been done. But uh, this one is with one of my favorites, Tucker Carlson. And he is talking about the whistleblower with the FBI that came forward. Now, the reason why it's a blockbuster is because this special agent came forward and said, I have to go public. His name is Steve Friend. Um, let's go ahead and play it. It's uh, cut. Uh, it's the last cut. A whistleblower from within the FBI recently revealed that the Biden administration is manipulating the way January 6th case files are maintained. The goal of this is to create the illusion, the false sense that there is a tidal wave of right-wing domestic terrorism all over the country. But it's a lie, because there isn't. Miranda Devine of the New York Post has identified this FBI whistleblower and spoken directly to him. She joins us tonight. Miranda, thanks so much for coming on. What did you learn? Thanks, Tucker. Well, I learned that Stephen Friend, FBI special agent still serving, who was suspended on Monday, is an American hero. Uh, you know, he had the dream job. He's been with the FBI for 12 years. He's a SWAT team member. But he just could not live with his conscience after he was dragged off these very important child um, porn, child exploitation, human trafficking investigations that he was working on and put on these really bogus January 6 cases that just serve to, uh, I guess, back up the rhetoric that we're hearing from the White House that domestic terrorism is the, the worst uh, threat to America um, since the Civil War. And so uh, he could see from on the ground how the FBI Washington field office was manipulating these cases to try and uh, expand and pretend that the, the problem was bigger than it was. And he also uh, didn't want to participate in what raids on um, people who had just uh, were being, you know, accused of misdemeanors at worst, uh, innocent American citizens. And, uh, you know, it, they were being told to investigate people who hadn't even gone to Washington, D.C. that day. In one case, a man had been at his son's funeral that day, uh, yet he had FBI agents knocking on his door. People were being surveilled. Um, this is just such an abuse of their civil rights. And Steve Friend stood up and said, I will not do this. He did everything the right way. He complained to his, uh, all his supervisors. He told them what FBI rules were being violated and what policies were not being followed and what constitutional rights of American citizens were being abused. And he was ignored. He was threatened. And he's now, this afternoon, filed a whistleblower complaint with the Inspector General Michael Horowitz. Um, and he's also been talking to Senator Chuck Grassley and some of the Republicans uh, about his complaints. And he um, is there. You see his 
photograph online, 37-year-old man, father of two young children. Uh, it took a lot of courage to do this at great risk to himself and uh, blowing up a career he loved. It's, it's baffling that he's the one being punished when he didn't do anything wrong. And I hope that there are many more whistleblowers like him. I've got to think a lot of FBI agents are, are very are. distressed. Yeah, well, good. Um, he's Randy the Vine, first of many. Yeah. Thank you for thank your you. reporting. He's one of the whistleblowers that Jim Jordan talked about. Um, I do want you to know that he had to tell everyone he was a whistleblower and they did punish him. But they found out because they started scouring their ranks. That's how they found out about Steve Friend. It wasn't because he came forward because he wanted to. He wanted to remain anonymous, continue to do the work that he was doing, but he gave up his career. He gave up his career. 800 Americans are sitting in jail or being persecuted by an illegal and illegitimate regime. And we want to call it something other than what it is. We want to not show up for the people that are rotting in jail. And, and probably the most inhumane and unjust thing that could happen, standing up and having a voice for a stolen election. And you want to talk in, about the fact that the election wasn't stolen. Left is like, oh my gosh, this is a threat against democracy because that's all they are. I have never had a conversation with a leftist, never, where I said, let's talk about the facts. Actually, I haven't had a conversation with people like these uh, trash bat buckets from the establishment either, come to think of it, these derps, where they can justify any of their, their behavior. They just slander and lie and act like the radical left, the Wayne Williams of the world, take money, create contracts, do the things for themselves. They're on our list, just like the radical left is. Well, we're out of time. I want to thank you guys for being here. Thank Cash for being here as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and uh, pray for him, pray for you after this. If you could pray for those people on January 6th. And if you get a chance and you're on the East Coast and you can come to the event, please do. I will not be shaking hands. I just want you to be very clear. I won't be shaking hands while I'm there. I will from a distance. You can take a picture of it, put it up on Telegram and say hi. But just based on the security, I will have security. But based on that security, um, I will not be shaking hands. So I'm sorry, but I won't. Um, but I do hope to see you there, and I hope you come out on January 6th to support all of the political prisoners that are there. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to be here today. Thank you for Cash Patel. Thank you for the 16 years of service that he was able to serve our nation. Thank you, Father, for the, the truth that he speaks, and frankly, for the, the, the children's books that he's, he's writing. Father, I would just ask you to, to guide and protect and give wisdom to Cash Patel and those around him as they build on the truth and become ambassadors of truth and speak the truth. I would just ask you to uh, protect their voice, guide them in such a way that they will be honest with the American people, that they will stand up for what's right regardless of the consequences. Father, I would just ask you to help them to build a plan collectively with others, help them stand in the gap with other people, you know, one of the things that we talk about is just not, not being briefed or having enough information on some of the things that are happening with election integrity or some of the other things happening in our country. But we know that those things are, are pervasive in our election systems. We know that they are stealing and robbing the people of their voice. They're not stealing votes, Father. They're, they're, they're stealing a community. They're stealing our society. They're, they're stealing the soul of a nation. 
So I would ask you to protect us from that, Father. I would ask you to give us the courage and the stamina. I ask for courage and stamina a lot, but I would ask you to give us that, but also the wisdom to be an ambassador of truth and a warrior for you, Father. I would ask you to guard our hearts, to allow us to return back to a place where we could have some innocence in the conversations we have with others, that we wouldn't just think about, is this a Republican or a Democrat, but just talk about what is facing us as a nation, as a community, so that we can talk about what's really affecting us. And we can throw out this Green New Deal and all of this other nonsense that really does not affect the, the, the lives and what people really, truly need in their community today. Father, I would ask you to pull back the veil even further, let more people see what this evil is doing to our society and give them the strength to stand up to it. And give us the ability to stand united with a force against this evil. Father, I would ask you to get on the hearts of those that would, that would stand against an event that stands for those people that are being harmed, abused, in a lawless and completely unjust environment. Father, I would just ask that you rain down accountability and consequences on those people that would do harm to Americans and that you put it on the heart of every man and woman in this country to stand up and grow courage and to just do the things that are necessary to protect those that are in danger and being abused. What they do to one of us, they do to all of us, Father. And I would just ask you to help us to instill that ethos into everyone around us and to be an example of that. Father, I ask for all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Hey, listen, you guys have a great day. Have a great night. We have some more guests on tomorrow. Apollo? They're not confirmed, so once I do that tonight, I'm going to post on all our socials. Awesome. I just want to thank you guys for being here today. Yes, I know that Rumble is again broken. We're working on it. Well, we had a couple thousand people on on Wednesday. Tonight. Shows zero views. Email them about that zero. today. Yeah. Well, there you go. But uh, I will see you guys. Now it shows that there's one person watching, just so you know. One person watching us. One person watching. I got to do this really quick. Take a picture of it. Ah, crap. We'll take a picture of the one person watching. So if you're the one person watching with the 20 people that are actually commenting, I just want to thank you for being on there. <laughs> they do it everywhere. They do it everywhere. So be an ambassador of truth and share the truth. Um, what they do to one of us, they do to all of us. And uh, after this show, if you'll just get on your knees and pray. Pray. God bless you. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, 
and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Fax Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America. America.